Welcome to Save It for the Drive, the podcast for voices of women veterans. I'm your host and veteran, Ingrid Kennedy. Join me as I interview lady veterans from all branches of the military and eras to hear their stories, challenges, and triumphs. Uh, This week, we're going to welcome Stacy Boyer, who's a Navy veteran, and hear a little bit about your career, Stacy, and um, your all of your experiences in the military. So thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. That's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So let's start off with um, like your origin story. So what made you do to decide to enlist in the Navy? Well, I moved out of the house at a really young age, um, 15. So mm-hmm. um, I was living on my own and went to uh, went through two two years of high school living on my own, and you know back then. So with me being fifty two, kind of think about the time frame that that was. Um, you know back then in especially in the South, that, that was a little bit more common. You know than it is nowadays. Um, right. Younger people moving out and kind of being emancipated from their from their parents for a variety of reasons and. Um, and, and, and working and getting roommates. And, um, but there was a point where I was, I graduated high school and I was working and I knew that it was going to be a struggle for me to, to go to college or to be able to afford it or I was trying to figure out a path for myself. And, um, that's when I went in and talked to the Navy recruiter and then that's, that's where it all began. Yeah. <laughs> then, yeah. So, so did you obvious. look into other branches or did you uh, think about going into the Navy the whole time? I looked at the Air Force briefly and then um, liked the medical, the hospital corps and the medical program. I liked what I saw for the, you know, what I could do, what I could learn. Um, the interesting, the, being a surgical tech interested me emergency medicine interested me uh just a lot of what what i could do you know i look ahead at how i could evolve and um how the skills would help me and if i got out of the navy and so i was kind of looking at all that stuff even at a young age i was very cognizant of those things and so that's what um sent me into the navy versus the air force and i did not look at um Marines or Army or, at all. My dad was in the Coast Guard, but I was not interested in that, even though that mm-hmm. was also wa- water, you know, like kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was more about just the, what I felt like the medical program offered initially. You know, that's what put me there in that direction. Okay. Um, and did you, w- were you, um, like promise to get that career field or no, um, actually, no, that's a funny story within itself because, and it's one I often tell, well, you know how we always go in and, and talk, um, uh, you know, uh, veterans day or career day, you know, we get asked to go to the schools and, um, and tell them a little bit about stuff. I always tell them they wanted, initially they wanted to send me, they wanted me to be like a hull tech, which is like a plumber. And I mm-hmm. said, no, and I stood up to leave, you know, and I was like, I'm not in the Navy yet. I haven't sworn in. 
I'm not going to go into the Navy and be a plumber. That's not what I want to do. I want to be a hospital corpsman. And well, we're not sure if that's available. I said, well, then I'm not going in. Mm-hmm. And I like literally got up to leave. And I tell people all the time, you have control. You can make, you make these choices, advocate for yourself from the beginning. And, and I did. And, and, and I got it. Yeah. And, and I think that's pretty remarkable because I remember in my own experience with going in the guard, they're like, this is the only way you can choose your own career path. Otherwise in the air force, you had to do this dream sheet where you pick like your top three and then maybe you'll get what you want. So yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, And then did you go to basic training right away or like how long was the time between like when you swore until you went? So I was in a delayed entry for, I think maybe a few months. It wasn't a long time. It wasn't too long. And uh, then I went just delayed entry program for just a few months. And then I went to Orlando for um, boot camp. Oh, you didn't go to Great Lakes? No, I was in Florida. Oh. The, the women were in uh, Florida back then. Okay. Um, and how was basic training for you? Like, what was it like? So you were already kind of off on your own outside, outside of, um, like kind of being independent and then how was, um, it to go off to basic training? Well, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I've always kind of been up for the challenge with things. I, um, knew that I wanted, I was a yeoman, which is like the admin person. Um, I knew I wanted to be in charge of something. I knew I wanted to have a job like that I could be responsible for um, helping the group, you know, the group. So um, I always try to take on some kind of role. It makes, it just made me feel more part of what was happening. And um, I was always pretty active in sports, cheerleading, basketball. So I was in uh, pretty decent shape um, as far as for the, for the PT portion of it. Uh, push-ups and things like that and uh but I mean it did get hard you know there was a lot of times where we're pushed you know it to to your to your limits um that's how boot camp is set up right to to, mm-hmm. to push to push you to that place where you think that you would have to stop and then get you to go a little further there's a lot of mind games as you know um yeah. And I would always tell myself, like, this isn't going to last forever. You can do anything for this amount of time, right? You can do anything for this amount of weeks. And I just would reframe my narrative when I felt like I was going down the, like, a negative path. And I'm, like, just fast-forwarding it to what I was going to achieve with my life once I got out of there. And then it all just fell into place. Um, So the yeoman job was that like an additional duty while you were in basic training? Yeah. So okay. that was okay. So that was a person, um, the way that we lined up to March, uh, the yeoman had like a bag, like a crossbody, uh, big white satchel and in it, like if anybody needed like a chit to go to the doctor or special request for something, or if we had people on um, light duty or bed rest or somebody had medicine that needed to be with them at all times, like that was my job. Like I was the administrative assistant, like the office manager. 
Okay. Kind of. Yeah. And so that I was, so there was a, you know, um, you've got your different people that are in charge. You've got, you know, your, your person that's in charge of the whole, your adjutant that's in charge of the whole and the company. And then you've got your different, the guide on that carries a flag and different people had different responsibilities. And so the yeoman's <laughs> responsibility was like the administrative assistant for the, um, for the whole, uh, group. Wow. That sounds like a big job. I, I, it kind of was, it was fun though. Yeah. I liked it. I felt kind of important. <laughs> <laughs> Anything um, you can remember, like memorable stories or any challenges that you came across, like in in basic training? Let's see what a couple things happened during that basic training. So there was a really bad earthquake in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I think at the time. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. Okay. So that was back in '89 Mm -hmm. when I went in. Uh, Real bad earthquake, and one of the girls. uh, brother died in it. One of the girls that I was, that was oh, in my no. company. Yeah. So that was terrible. She was horrible. It was horrible. Um, she, she said she went home and then I think the, the wall in China, did that, I feel like that, when did that come down? I feel like I need to look that up. I feel like there was something that like the happened. Berlin wall yes the berlin wall that's what it was <laughs> oh my God, the, China. the berlin wall do you remember that yeah i totally remember that wait i want to like look hold on i'm gonna yeah that was like a big deal when that came down yeah i'm gonna look up the date of that because that's when i was that's when i was in boot camp um isn't that funny like like uh like things in history like you remember i was in boot camp at that time demolished november 9th 1989 yes <laughs> i was in boot camp so <laughs> yeah that was big news yep yep that and then i re- i remember being in like my tech school and hearing learning and because you're like so off of out of communication of what's going on in the world and then i heard that um harry carey died you know the announcer for yeah. the cubs oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like so heartbroken about it, and nobody understood why. Because <laughs> no, like you know, like being from Chicago and stuff, that was like a big deal. But, um, but people were just like, "What? Like why? Who's old?" <laughs> so San Francisco, October seventeenth, San Francisco earthquake, nineteen eighty nine. So, and sixty seven people died, and one of the people that died was the brother of somebody that I was, was in my boot camp company. Oh. So yeah, those two things happened while I was in boot camp. So then she like left to go home yeah. Yeah. and to yeah. deal with that. And then yeah. probably came back I, later. Yeah. Probably came back later. Yeah. I know yeah. Again. So. Oh man. Yeah. That's pretty intense. So like when that happened, were you kind of being the yeoman, were you kind of like help helping her like get her stuff together? Yeah, a little bit, but more so the, um, you know, our company commanders and stuff, like the chiefs that were in charge of us, they were taking care of her because she was a mess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was more of an emotional trauma, you know, yeah. for her. And how long, do you remember how long your boot camp is or was um, at that time? Well, it's eight weeks now. I feel like, because I feel like it used to be longer. No, it was eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It probably was. Ours were six, 
weeks. But then I hear now Air Force boot camp is like longer because they add added more field training. And I remember doing like the gas chamber and all that stuff in like tech our tech school. So and I assume like they probably put that into the basic training. And then oh, we they went- just moved it to 10. They just moved it to 10. I'm looking it up. So oh, it was and it was 17 weeks back in the 40s. Oh, man. Could you imagine? No. <laughs> no. And then it moved. Yeah. And then t- it's, but it's 10 weeks now. So, yeah. It changed in 2020. It changed January 2022. Wow. So then when you went to Corman School, that was at Great Lakes, right? Because I remember. Yes, that. that was at Great Lakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and where did you go right away? Or was there like an in between time? No, I went right away. Okay. So we went right from, um, right from boot camp, or we went home, like I went home, graduated from boot camp. Uh-huh. Um, I went, I went home and got my car and drove to Great Lakes from uh, Georgia, where I was living at the time and drove, drove here to where we live now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Went straight there. Okay. And, um, what was uh Corman Tech School? From what I understand, is pretty extensive because I I did Air Force yes. Medic and and um, Corman is like you get so much training. I was always jealous of the Corman. Yeah, training. I mean it's it's a lot, you know. Um, wow, yeah, because because in the Air Force, at least when I went in, everything was kind of like you had a dental tech, you had an optometry tech, you had uh, flight med tech you know, it was all kind of, and there was like a public health, there was all, it was all kind of different. And I remember the corpsman, um, cause I've been on some deployments with corpsmen and they, they were just like, you know, the one-stop shop, like they knew everything. So, um, what was your favorite, um, thing that you learned in corpsman school? I honestly feel like just, let's see if I can think back. I mean, I taught, I, I was, I, I ended my, my Navy career as an instructor at the hospital corps school. So I started and ended it. It's kind of cool. Um, I just really liked, I think I really liked the emergency medicine, you know, uh, learning about how to, when you get on a scene or you need to, you know, assess a, a patient like that whole part of being a hospital corpsman or being stationed in the field or on a ship, um, I mean, I was in a hospital as well, and I, and I was on um, ships too, but just that whole emergency room, emergency medicine, first responder type of vibe was like my favorite part. Cool. And then, um, so you went through your corpsman school, and then uh, where did you eventually get stationed initially? Um, okay, so my after core school, I got stationed at Naval Hospital Bethesda. So okay, over we, in Maryland. Yeah, in Maryland. And I was at Naval Hospital uh, Bethesda right away, but only there a short time. I went out to the Persian Gulf pretty early on. So it was almost immediate when we got there. And then I didn't go to surgical tech school till a little bit later, till I got back from the Persian Gulf War, got stationed at Naval Hospital Oakland, and then I worked there for quite some time, um, three, year, three years, I think. And then I went to surgical tech school when I was there. What made you just decide to 
to do the surgical tech school? Was there like uh, an opportunity to get a different job or? Yeah, I mean, I really, well, so I worked in gastroenterology when uh, in internal medicine when I was at Naval Hospital Oakland. And I really, I was in charge of what's called esophageal motility studies. And I created this procedure to test, so esophageal motility studies measure the motility or the pressure in the esophagus when you swallow. So people that have GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease, heartburn, uh, problems like that often have to have surgery to fix that. And this one surgery called the Nissen fund application is where you go in and fix that motility so you can swallow Mm -hmm. and you don't have that backup of acid Um, and it, which can be very problematic with people. So I created a way to do that during the surgery, going back behind with the anesthesiologist. And I won a Navy achievement medal for that whole program that I created. So by being, but that put me in the OR and I started to see what the OR techs were doing when I was in there. And I loved it. I loved handing the instruments, being involved with the surgery. And in the military, as you know, like I could do, we did more than the nurses, the, the, the mm-hmm. hospital corpsmen, the surgical techs. I mean, we were very, very involved with all aspects of the surgery. Um, the nurses pretty much just circulated the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the you know, civilian world, nurses do more uh, now than they did, but they, and they did in the military. But I loved being able to be so involved and I loved suturing. I loved just being able to do all of that and learn more stuff. Um, I, you know, initially I think my goal was to go, I wanted to either be a physician's assistant or a nurse practitioner, you know, that I did not go that route, but that's kind of where my head was at the time. Mm -hmm. And so this gave me more education, more credits that would articulate into whatever my next steps were so that's kind of why my I was always thinking ahead like I told you yeah how is this going to benefit me with my next step with my career plan I remember you saying at at one time you were working on one of the ships like the mercy or the hope or or comfort comfort comfort. yes I was stationed on the hospital the hospital ship the comfort during the Persian Gulf for a year okay how how was that like being on the ship I loved it I loved it because I loved pretty much every every part of my military career I I I really did love all of it um it was great the ship was huge I just really enjoyed it It it's literally a hospital we did so many drills so many triage drills we were ready every I mean every day almost we were drilling to prepare for like an influx of patients and um just we were always on task (laughs) how would you describe being on the the hospital ship in the Gulf? right so it was awesome uh it's like a hospital they they have full hospital wards they have full pharmacy x-ray lab i mean it's literally like a hospital and it's huge emergency room for me there's a lot of things like I love well being on a ship itself is pretty cool because of the teamwork aspect of it one of the things that I tell I tell stories about when I a team teamwork 
example. I loved whenever we would go into port and we would be able to, we needed to get off the ship, obviously, for Liberty Port. Um, but we have to take the trash out first. And so I loved how we, everybody would line up across, like, so from where all the trash is. So, like, you've got the chow hall and then you've got, like, the holding area for, for trash on a ship. So we everybody lines up everybody on board, all hands line up from where all the trash is all the way through the ship and all the way down the pier. So we have to bring all the trash off. And so basically what we do is we just hand it person to person and we're literally all lined up and it's a a whole, like everybody on the ship is part of this and we get all of it off and literally just handing it to the person next to you. It's just something really cool that I always remember Think it's like the power of teamwork, you know? Yeah, like a bag drag. Yeah, I guess it's, I mean, other, other, yeah. But, you know, I mean, you're just getting all the trash off or boxes off or whatever's got to get off. And it's all the way down the, you know, down the pier, which is a pretty, pretty long oh, route man. in the middle. Um, the one above me and one below me. Um, I actually put paper from exam room paper that's on the, that is on the, like when you go to the doctor, it's on the table. I put that on my, the top of my rack so I could write. And I started, I started writing my first book while I was there. I would write poems and I would write different things, uh, all these positive messages to myself. And a lot of that ended up going into my Motivate New book. But it was, I just would write the whole time, just kind of express myself, you know. And uh, it was really cool. And we could send the mail was free, which I loved. So I could, I wrote letters almost every day home to my family because I didn't have to pay for stamps or anything. Are, was there a way to, for them to send like a package to you? Yeah. Yeah. We could get packages and I mean, you know, he had mail call. We had, everybody got all kinds of gift, gift packages, you know, goodie, mm-hmm. goodie boxes of snacks and fun things to share. Uh, you know, one, one fun thing is that I used to, we would we had to give ourselves like we had to do our nails and we had to give ourselves perms and color hair you know so we had like in the ship store like these little perm boxes remember like back in the day yeah and I would perm people's hair oh wow (laughs) I'm not to this day I am not entirely sure that I really even knew what I was doing but we were just so like hungry to for like some sort of beauty treatment Oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. And you just want something to make you feel like more human after yep. being yep. on a ship for so long. And then you went to Oakland where did you have any other PCSs or change of yeah, stations? So I went to Oakland. Um so I went to Oakland Naval Hospital after that and I was stationed there. And um after and Bethesda. And that's where you so, did the surgical stuff or? Yeah. So I, when we got back from the Persian Gulf War, I was working on the pediatric ward. So I, for a while. And then when my, uh, it was time for me to, to, to change duty stations, I got orders to Naval Hospital Oakland. And so I went there and I was there for a while. And then I went to surgical tech school. So that kept me there even longer. Landmark. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was hilarious just to think about so funny. Wow. How, how I even made it across the country. Yeah. And, and how old were you? Mm-hmm. 19. I turned 19. I just turned 19 in 89. Oh my and so then when I got back from, yeah, when I got back from the Persian Gulf, I must've been like 21, 21, 22, younger wow. than my son is right now. 
Yeah. My older son, younger than my older son. Wow. Amazing. And you were doing all that. Yeah. Did you stay, was Virginia Beach your last? Uh... No, then I got, I was there and I was a surgical tech on board the MRS land and I was the only surgical tech. I stayed there. I, 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 I got there and I was an HM3 and I got HM2 there. Mm-hmm. And after that, after the MRS land, my next duty station brought me back to Great Lakes where I became an instructor at the hospital core school. And what, what years were you there at, as a instructor? I got out in 2000 and it was 2000, it was right before 9-11. So I was there for three years. Okay. So, and that's where you, you that was like your final uh, job as an yeah. instructor? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And did you, was there anything memorable from those days as being an instructor? Yeah, everything. Would you like to share? So, um, well, I mean, I love, I, I just, I loved all, everything. everything. Um, one thing I, one thing I, one thing I, re- I remember that I really, really love is when they asked me, my, my class asked me to be the guest speaker for their graduation. Something I said, I would always say I'd rather die standing and live life on my knees because I, I wanted, I wanted them to stand up for what they believe in and not to be just a yes man. And um, they liked it so much that they wanted me to learn it in the three different languages. We had a Yorbian guy from, that was from Togo in Africa, Spanish and French and English. And so I learned it in those three languages and said it during the speech. And that was, a really cool moment. Um, and then I also arranged, I, I, I set up two talent shows and did this uh, really cool like intermission performance. The first one we did from Greece, you know, the end scene of Greece, the, where they're all dancing around, we go together, that song. Yeah. So I choreographed this dance routine and we lip synced it and danced and it was a whole group of people um, that, you know, had volunteered to be in this performance. And then we had people in the talent show that were performing and there was judges. And then the other one we did, Thriller, was our intermission performance. And so we, you know, choreographed it, took a lot of it from the video, and everybody was in costume for both of these things. That was really cool. I really enjoyed working with all the different kids. It was, you know, kids from different classes with different instructor teams, but just people that wanted to do that. And I thought it was uh, really cool to be able to offer that. And I would do a lot of kickboxing classes and things like that in um, in the school for, uh, you know, after hours and on weekends for anybody staff students that wanted to come take them so those are just some fun things yeah that is really fun so it wasn't all just like work you know you guys sound like you had a good time I yeah I loved it and we Great Lakes the housing was close to there's a golf course up there and we would hang out at the golf course a lot like all of us that worked together up there it's really neat. Do you have any advice that you would give to somebody who is thinking about joining the military? Yeah, advocate for themselves if they want you. If, they yeah. try, if you want to be a hospital <laughs> corpsman and they try to make you a plumber, tell them no thank you. <laughs> so yeah, that would be my number. Yeah, that and to not and to not quit, to not give up, and that you can you can you can do anything for eight weeks. You can do it, and yeah. then and 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 to just learn as much as you possibly can every time that there's an opportunity to take a class or to get you know extra credits 
for something or, you know, learn something new. Like when I was um, on the MRS land, I was in charge of, I created this whole program, stretcher bearer program, first aid uh, program that was for damage control qualifications. So there's this huge damage control book. And so everybody on the ship has to go through these qualifications. And when you go through the qualifications, you get awards and ribbons. Um, you get it goes towards promotions. Um, there's a lot of things, you know, that, that go into play. And so I created this program where kind of started where I got thrown into a speaking. They needed somebody to talk about first aid and stretcher bearer at a general quarters drill. So they didn't have anybody to do it and they threw me into it. And it was one of my, one of my earlier times where I got up and started to talk in front of people and I probably haven't, haven't shut up since, but it was really, it was really effective. I, I, I was saying things and people were like, saying things back and I'd ask questions, they would repeat it. And there was this whole like mannerism of how I was doing stuff. And, and again, mind you, I, I hadn't really been taught how to do that. So by me doing a good job kind of off the bat, I was like, okay, this is something that I'm good at. And I, and I, re I recognized it in myself that I was somebody that liked to get up in front of a group of people and and make a change or make a difference, right? Teach and, right. and help people grow and be a part of that process. So I, I learned, I learned, or I learned very early on that I, I was really passionate about that. Um, and so that really, that right there was a pivotal moment for me because of where, you know, where I am now and what I do. Uh, but mm -hmm. it was, it, it just kind of, and after I did that, they kept saying, Hey, can you do this? Can you teach this? So then I would get requested when people were working on those, first aid and stretcher bear qualifications, they would ask me to go in and teach. So then I created a whole new qualification standards and curriculum for those qualifications and then incorporated that all into the damage control training, which it's now part of it for the fleet now, the, the stuff that I put together back then. Amazing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so, you know, all those skills that you learned with like – doing presentations and motivating people. So how is that translated over to your life after the military with like your civilian career and then anything else that you're doing for veterans? Well, I really, you know, I'm so grateful, I think, for my military experience because be, living on my own, you know, since I was 15, um, I, I, I raised myself a lot, you know. A, there was a good chunk of my life where I was trying to teach myself the right path to follow and the military going into the military gave me so much so much guidance so much education showed me that i could be confident showed me what i was capable of my potential taught i mean it, everything that i'm doing now in my life um is because of my experiences in the military and those doors that opened and look, you can do this, Stacy, and look, you can get up in front of these people and talk. People don't realize what they're capable of sometimes unless they're thrust into a situation. And mm -hmm. I, you yeah. know, and that's why I, I encourage people. I mean, I almost feel like everybody should do at least a year in the military because you, you get this opportunity to, to learn about yourself and what you can do. Like when I go talk to people in schools on Veterans Day, for example, and I say, okay, there's probably five or six things that you guys really love to do. And you may not think that those five or six things have anything to do with each other. And you may not even realize that you can combine all these crazy things that you love to do or that you are good at or want to be good at and make them into a job. And if you look at what I do, I do a lot of different things. You know, mm -hmm. my 
And I love that my business that I created, this umbrella of the Motivate New Business and now with Phoenix Productions, it really is like the military, you know. I'm doing accounts receivable and payable, marketing, um, graphic design, I'm wellness coaching, I'm speaking, I'm, I'm, you know, helping people be accountable and set goals and then bringing it all back to the veterans. Like I am always going to be trying to help preserve you know, the memory of our, our heroes and, and take care of our vets and be a safe place for, you know, our active duty and our veterans that have PTSD and have outlets and just be part of something that is going to be there forever for these people, you know, that when they, when they get out or when they're still in, you know, we've got a lot of active duty lately that are joining the American Legion and, and, and we have some active duty that are on the post and the legion um and it's cool to see that you know Mm -hmm. there's not there hasn't been in the past it's that's kind of a different that's a little bit of a change is having more active duty people part of the post and that's something that i've been wanting to work on with me being junior vice is and then moving up hopefully into you know different roles is to start really getting the community as a whole our recruiters involved more in what we do up there at the post in the legion and get them mm-hmm. to see how it will benefit them so they'll talk more about it to the recruits that go in so when the recruits go in when they get out because some people might stay in for two or three years right they might not but they might still want to be part of it but they're they don't really talk about the post or the legion when you're active duty they don't and so no. i'm trying to change that conversation and that's one with the bodybuilding competition that i promote and i have all of the recruiters in town part of that and that's something that i talk to them about is and i and i go in and i talk to talk to you know some of their people as well that you know tell the tell them when they ship out tell them when they leave that when they come home that they could be a part of this that their family can be a part of it you know and and it i think it's i think it's going to be helpful because We've got like our Vietnam vets, Korean guys that, you know, these guys are getting older and you know Mm -hmm. how it is, Ingrid. Yeah. You know, you and Nadia and I, and we've all talked about it. It's a, we need to get these new people in there so they, so they can see the value and, and, you know, we're stronger together. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. And then (laughs) I always want to close out with um, something that you could share that you're doing for your own self-care nowadays. I know like being veterans we're very much about serving others and service and serving our country but what do you do to take care of yourself so then we could be better servants for everybody else well one i mean obviously you know i work out um Mm -hmm. almost every day and that's a focus i fit my everything else in my life around my my workouts my cardio um and you know my fitness but i make a point of also reading i read at least 10 pages of of whatever book I'm reading um I'm reading never finished obviously David Goggins right now and I was reading Atomic Habits prior to that uh but I read I get up in the morning I have my coffee and I read every morning before I start my day and for me that's hugely important is to really just give myself that that time where I'm not on my phone and where I'm like reading non nonfiction, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and absorbing that and allowing myself to still grow. But my own 
personal, you know, my, and that's part of the mental for me well-being. And then my, my physical fitness is a, pri- a huge priority. Yeah, mind, body, spirit. It's like yeah. the whole the whole thing. Right, right. And church, right. you know, and there's church oh, too. And there's the spirit, yes. right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All no right. Box. Well, <laughs> Stacy, thank you so much for thank letting you. me interview you. I totally appreciate it. Um, it's you, you're always super motivating and, um, uh, I love hearing your stories. So, um, thank you again. And, um, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for listening, and I appreciate any feedback. If you are a lady veteran and would like to be interviewed, you can reach out through my website, saveitforthedrive.com. You can get this podcast through the website, Spotify, or wherever you access your podcast. Always remember everyone deployed, and whenever you have a great story to tell, remember to save it for the drive.